This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high-efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nations Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I am talking with Jill Rath. She is a customer experience strategist and an expert in building strong company cultures. Jill believes in leveraging the employee experience to improve the customer experience, and she literally grew up learning from the best on how to do this. Jill's parents and grandparents were early McDonald's owner-operators, and she had a first-hand look from the time that she was a child at how the company's values and culture in the early days led to its massive success later on. She and I sat down at the recent Mid-America Restaurant Expo to talk about what makes a strong company culture, what employees really want from the companies they work for, and how you can go about giving that to them. Before I jump into that conversation, remember that there are many other ways you can engage with NRN's industry-leading content. Not only can you subscribe to our monthly print edition and daily AM newsletter at nrn.com slash subscribe, but you can also subscribe to NRN's award-winning podcast, Extra Serving, where our editors discuss the hot-button issues of the day and we share interviews with a wide variety of restaurant personalities. You can also subscribe to our daily podcast, First Bite, where we share the top restaurant headlines of each day and go deep on one particular headline with the help of the NRN editorial team. I've also got very special news for those of you based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. On October 17th, we are hosting our first ever Create Roadshow, a networking reception for leaders at emerging restaurant concepts and independent restaurants in the nation's capital. Not only is this a valuable networking opportunity for the local restaurant community, but we will also be hosting an educational panel during the event featuring the founders of two leading fast casuals based in D.C., Rasa and Chaya Tacos. If you want to connect with your peers, learn some tips on scaling your business, or let's be honest, just enjoy a night out with some free drinks, this is the event for you. It's happening from 6 to 9 p.m. this Monday, October 17th at Chaya's Chinatown location, and all restaurant leaders and operators are welcome to join. For more information and to RSVP to this free event, click on the link in the show notes in your app player or at nrn.com. Jumping now into my interview with customer experience strategist, Jill Raff. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my six takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. Okay, so Jill, we were just talking about how interesting of a career you have had as it relates to food. Just what's the quick um, background for you and how you came to be in your current position? Um, so the quick background is I grew up 
basically in the McDonald's family. My parents and grandparents were early owner operators, uh, opening their first store number 150 in wow. Ocala, Florida, March mm. of 1959. And so I literally grew up in um, the industry. I grew up in the McDonald's family with the values, uh, the vision as it was growing at the time and uh, continued did a few different non-food related activities uh, where I brought those values into and, and careers, I should say, uh, but then circled back and I did go to Le Cordon Bleu um, in Paris and graduated with cuisine and patisserie and used that uh, did stage in uh, one star Michelin in, in uh, Italy and um, Harrods Pastry Kitchen in London. So those were phenomenal experiences, but then really, you know, used it in a lot of different ways. Also food styling for magazines, cookbooks, TVs. There's a real gift to that, by the way. (laughs) Being on the receiving end of that, Mm. I am amazed at what that looks like. Um, You mentioned the McDonald's values. What is that and how did you translate that into other industry? It's as simple as some of the things that even till today you'll hear. So Ray Kroc started with, you know, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean, Mm. right? That speaks to work ethic. Mm -hmm. That speaks to ownership um, attitude when you're working. That when you see another one, if you, you know, never walk by a piece of trash and not pick it up. I can't help myself. I go into a Starbucks and it's dirty, the counter. I take a napkin and I wipe it down <laughs> because I can't stand to see it dirt. Right. I like that's just in my DNA at this point, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are these kinds of values and work ethic, teamwork, you know, how you work together with other employees, how you serve the customer. I remember when I finally made my way from well, my first job was answering the phone when I was too little to do anything else to making milkshakes on the very multi-mixers that Ray Kroc sold to the McDonald's brothers. Um, But when I made my way to the cashier to be on the front, I was so excited. I would look people in the eye as soon as they walked in so I could capture them to come to my register (laughs) and smile, you know, and greet them. Mm -hmm. So these were such basic, simple concepts. And yet, Till today, they're missing Mm. and they're so effective and they really cost nothing Mm -hmm. except for educating, teaching your employees to engage and interact with people in that way. So now you consult with businesses on building essentially a culture that can lead to any number of positive results. But today, what's relevant, of course, is labor, hiring, retention, taking care of your employees, them sticking around. When you do work with a company, where do you start? What are you looking for in a culture of an organization? First and foremost, you have to start with reevaluating, especially since the pandemic, reevaluating or establishing, if they've not been established, your company's core values, their vision and mission. Mm. And as trite and cliche as it sounds, many just have this passion, this idea, and jump into wanting to cook and serve restaurant uh, whatever brand, whatever ID they have, but they have to start with saying, what are we about? Who, who are we? What do we stand for? So it's establishing those core values, the vision and the mission and making sure that everything that you do after that point, whether it's the hiring, the onboarding, the ongoing education, everything else, that it's all in alignment with and reflects back to those values. Mm-hmm. What are some ways in which it's, what are some red flags, I guess, when you get into an organization and you're looking, what are some red flags that something's not right? 
Well, one, when there's no voice of the employee, mm. when it's just, you know, being spoken down to, I, I, this is what I told you to do. Well, have you modeled those behaviors that you want from your people for them? Are you interacting? Are you behaving the way you want to see them engage with your end customer or with each other? So if it's, um, you know, a very heavy top down telling people what to do where they don't have interaction or understanding what's happening really on the front line. Right. So it has to be top down, but also bottom up. And I think it's really important to look for companies where they are growth minded, where they are open to creating systems within that will reflect those values Mm -hmm. all the way through and that they're going to engage and bring their people in and really recognize them as a, it's a huge part of the success of their business. Mm. How specific should values be? Because I mean, I think for a lot of folks who are listening to this might be early in their journey with their business, startup company, emerging brand. Um, and if they don't have a set of values already uh, baked into their company, they, they want to do that. What is your suggestion for how to set those up? And I've seen some very broad values, right? Is that the way to go or do you have to be very specific about the values so that they can be, it's very clear how you activate those values? Uh, Excellent question. And I think the more specific you can be, the better, because that's going to define how are you different from everybody else, right? And and values is a big subject. In fact, tomorrow I'm um, leading a workshop here and on how to build a positive company culture and putting employees first. And the first thing we're going to do is start out with values, vision, and mission. And we'll be workshopping around creating how specific, what does that look like? So what, you know, I have a bunch of questions that I will prompt people with, but it's, it's kind of that, that micro, it's really looking tight and small internally first. Who are we? What do we stand for? What is it that we want our employees and our customers to know that when they see an advertisement and they go on our website, they look at our menu, they walk into our restaurant, they will know instantly, ah, I get what their values are about. I'm able to see them. I'm able to sense them. I'm able to sometimes, you know, I I believe in using all of our senses, right? When we cook, one of the things that I learned at at Le Cordon Bleu is we we cook with all of our senses. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same here. So with your values, you want people to feel them when they walk in, when they engage with you based on the language that you're using, based on watching how your employees speak with each other as well as the customers. So that it needs to be authentic and genuine. So I say, if you want to see results, the tighter you can get will help be that differentiating um, piece of identifying who your brand is. Mm. The restaurant industry, of course, famously the entry point for millions of Americans. I want to say it's almost like 50% of Americans. The first job was in a restaurant. And um, considering that, you're working with a lot of 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, up to you know people 50, 60-year-olds as well. Um, how, how can an organization – how can an organization – teach those values to such a broad swath of people because you're going to have some immature people working for you today, especially considering the labor market. You're, I don't want to say you're just hiring anybody 
but to some degree, you just need some bodies. So how, how, how do you make sure that culture is still a part of those people as much as it is somebody who's been with you on your team for 20 years? Well, I believe in mentorship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, lately I've been interviewing people who used to work for my dad uh, in McDonald's. And every single person told me that they started when they were 16, 17, like in that age. And they stayed, you know, well one of them stayed until my dad passed away. So like Mm. his whole career ended up being that. And then he went back to teaching. And I think that the goal here is to recognize the common human element across the board. Mm -hmm. We all want to work for something that has meaning. We all want to be a part of something that's bigger. We all want to contribute. We all want to be seen and heard and listened to. That is age agnostic. Like it doesn't matter how old you are. That is a basic human need and value, I think. And so as an employer, if you acknowledge your people for where they are and utilize the strengths of the younger generations and the strengths of your older generations, and you provide systems for the two to be able to support one another and share ideas with one another. The key is that open communication space and providing an opportunity and providing it often and in a comfortable way where everyone feels safe to be able to speak. Then you're creating an environment where you're making a kind of truly a work family. And Mm. so it really shouldn't matter the age. I understand there are generational differences, but I think if you set the stage from the beginning that you're becoming a part of this family when you join this team Mm -hmm. and your ideas are just as valuable and someone's not made to feel less than because they're younger and have less experience, maybe they're going to bring in a fresh idea that you never thought of because you're always right in the same lane. You're used to thinking in the same way all the time when you're stuck in a rut or stuck in doing something always the way it was done before. I Mm -hmm. think that's a big, a big danger by saying, oh, well, this is the way we always did it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's the right way now. Right, right. right. Something that I've heard multiple times recently is restaurateurs who say, I, I did a study of my employees to find out what they wanted, assumed money would be number one, and it was down the list. As you see it today, what do employees today want when they take a job at a restaurant? What are the things they're looking for? I think they're looking for flexibility, 100%. And... I believe that they're looking for a place to belong and be heard, that they want to contribute, that, again, going back to human nature, they want to be a part of something. Otherwise, they're just a waged employee. They're just a, a cog in the wheel. They're, you know, they, People don't want to just go in, punch a clock, so to speak, right, showing mm-hmm. my age here, but <laughs> you know what I mean, um, and, and just, you know, check in and then leave out. They want to have that engagement. In fact, they show that moments of conversation between coworkers increases performance by 20%. Mm. It's huge. Imagine that. 20% Mm -hmm. better performance simply by having a conversation and creating those relationships. And so I think when you create those relationships, those genuine connections, and I don't mean connections, plural, like a lot of times is used as a mode for personal, professional benefit. I mean a genuine human connection. Mm -hmm. When we do that, no money can pay for that. And as you said, statistically, they show that people will actually take less if they feel like there's some a relationship, a, a, a higher purpose and meaning involved. Right. So 
that's of course a, a common thing to know. I mean, restaurants are a high turnover industry, but over and over, everybody's like, I, I, I'm trying to show my workers that this can also be a career. They don't have to just, you know, leave and, you know, go on with their lives, that restaurants can be a career. How important is that to the culture of an organization to invest in employees to the point where they can be promoted, rise through the organization? How much does that factor into the success of a culture? I think it's huge. And I believe when it comes to the hiring process that you should mine for gold within. Mm. Before you start looking externally, which is going to cost much more for recruitment, you already know who's in your company. You've already hopefully vetted them. You've educated them. So I'm a big proponent and part of my proprietary process, uh, the E3 plus one recipe, has to do with educating your people, not just training them. And that's the first E. And when you have done that and you've next engaged with them and you've gone through the process with them, you already know who you're working with. It's a known quantity. So why start fresh instead hire and promote from within. And, and besides that, from their point of view, people want long-term growth within a company. People want to know that I'm valued here. And so what better way to show that you value them besides listening and implementing some of their ideas is to give them more growth opportunity and leadership opportunity. I'm a big proponent also of creating an environment where you are creating leaders at every level of your business, starting from your, even if it's your dishwasher, right? Like, in fact, in Austin, where I live, there's someone who's one of the biggest, um, Skeeter Miller, he's one of the biggest um, active people in our industry in Austin and beyond and owns iconic barbecue place. He started as a dishwasher, mm -hmm. right? Um, so when you start and, and show that you're creating leadership at every level, it will also be easier to then continue to promote them within mm -hmm. and um, save you a lot of time and money from starting fresh from the outside. I asked you earlier signs that a culture is not working. Anything specific on how a culture is working, um, whether that's, you know, turnover rates or whatever it is, what are, what do you think are some things that, um, uh, restaurant leaders could know, okay, I think I've got something here and this seems to be working. Well, certainly right. Uh, retention is low. I mean, mm -hmm. retention is high and, and turnover is low. Um, but I think also when you have feedback from your customers, it's their energy is contagious. And when you've got chaos and turnover and your new employees don't know all of the, the ropes, the customers feel that. So I believe strongly that your employee turnover will be a leading indicator of your customer turnover. So I think that's a sign. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you walk into a restaurant and you see the employees smiling, when you see them working to help one another, they have each other's back. You know, it's not just one table in one area. It's someone's like, oh, don't worry, I, I've got this, right? I'll pick up whatever, I'll clean whatever that is. Um, I think when you see this true collaborative environment happening and you see smiling, happy people and you have less no-shows and less people calling in sick, you're going to see that that's representative of a highly functioning, efficient, happy um, culture in your company. Anything, anything that you approach differently in a period like we're in now where... 
unemployment is low. Companies are fighting for the best employees. We're in this weird environment right now. Inflation high, unemployment low, pandemic. Anything in particular from this environment that we're in right now, either that you've learned or that you would suggest maybe differently than other environments to to restaurant leaders or other business leaders? I just think now more than ever, because of all this weird environment, like you say, that we're in, we have to get back to the basics. And I think that is showing appreciation of fellow employees, fellow co-workers, of, of our customers, of, of people in general. And I think when we get back to that, you know, Susan Penker did a, a TEDx talk and they discovered that the leading indicator of long life is actually social interaction with another human being. Hmm. And I think that follows suit into your place of employment. When you show that you are real and you're authentic and you're focused on your people and you want to deliver the best experience and create the best memories, both from the inside and the outside. And I believe my, my process is the inside out. It starts in the inside. But I think to combat all this, it's more important today to really go back and focus on looking in the during the pandemic. What we've learned from that is that we need to highlight our, our people asset and how do we really prioritize the human element. And mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the difference. It's the EQ over the IQ, your emotional intelligence over intel, you know, the, a, you know, thinking about your intellect. It's really about the human element. Mm -hmm. It's your EI, your emotional intelligence over artificial intelligence. Basically, at the end of the day, it's that emotional connection with other people that's going to take you through. You mess up with a customer, you mess up with an employee, how you handle it, how you speak, the emotional intelligence side, that's what's going to be make all the difference. Mm, especially true in the hospitality industry, right? Yes, absolutely. Going back to you and uh, when you're a kid looking at people in the eye, trying to get them to come over to the milkshake machine. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, Jill. Um, for those who are trying to might be feel like they're drowning in the labor situation that's going on right now and really struggling, looking to jumpstart um, something, anything that can get them to hire better, retain better. What are a few practical steps you would suggest they do right now to get that process moving? First and foremost, if you've not looked at uh, your, your values, your vision, your mission, as I said in the beginning, since the pandemic, you must do that. Otherwise, you're not relevant. It, there's no way if you're working on operations, procedures, processes from before the pandemic, there's just no way that you're going to meet the needs of your people today. Everything is shifted. So first and foremost, go back and look at that. Uh, really, really important. Secondly, making sure that once those are established, that you have created a way that those are visible that they're incorporated into your operations every step of the way. Every decision that you make from there forward needs to reflect back and be in alignment with that. If not, that sense of imbalance is going to be felt from your internal customer, your employees, as well as your external customers. And I think in a nutshell, honestly, that's the most important thing because if you, if that's your common thread throughout everything that you do, 
you'll be golden if you spent the time to really get clarity on what that is and who you want to be, what you want to stand for, both for your customer, but also for the community at large. Super helpful. Jill, thank you so much for sitting down. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high-efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. That was my interview with customer experience strategist Jill Raff. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my six takeaways. My first takeaway is that your employees should take ownership of their roles and the business's success. Jill talked about the fact that culture really starts with teamwork and work ethic. And you really have to teach your employees to engage and interact with the customer in a way that they're basically treating it like their business. If they're just clocking in and out, if they just see this as a a paycheck, they're not going to be invested in the success of the business, and therefore, they won't be invested in the culture, and they won't pass on that commitment to the customer. You have to try to get them to take ownership of everything that the business is trying to accomplish, because that will pass on to their interactions with the guest. My second takeaway is that you should start on culture by clarifying your core values and mission and make them specific. I asked Jill about core values because this feels a little bit uh, kind of trite by now. You, you know, you hear all about customers sharing their core values, but often when I hear about core values, they sound a little too generic or broad. And honestly, you hear about companies with core values that you just don't see that at work in their company. Jill says you do need to clarify your core values and your mission statement, but the more specific you can make them, the better, because that will help to really differentiate your company from the others who say they have core values but are not acting on them or might have too broad of core values. After you establish those core values, everything that you do should be in alignment with those values, every decision that you make. And when customers walk into your restaurants, they should feel your values. Jill said that they should really have all of the senses should connect with the values when they come into the restaurant. And so it's important that you get those core values right and that you make them as specific to your company as possible. My third takeaway is that your culture has to be top down, but also bottom up. Top down in that you need to model your culture for your employees. You can't just tell your employees how they should behave, what they should do, and then just expect them to go do it. You need to model it and demonstrate it for them to show them the kind of performance that you want them to give. But simultaneously, you shouldn't just talk down at them. You should listen to them and get their ideas and encourage that conversation about what the culture is so that they feel invested in what they're doing. 
Related to that is my fourth takeaway, which is that your employees want to feel like they're contributing to something bigger than them. You know, when you listen to them, you hear out their ideas, you incorporate their ideas, they feel like they're contributing to the success of the company. Ultimately, that leads to people wanting to make a career out of what they're doing. It leads to that ability to take ownership, like I mentioned earlier. They can take ownership of what they're doing if they feel like they're contributing. Jill and I talked about the fact that uh, you know so many restaurant employees are teenagers or young people, but it doesn't matter what their age is. Old or young, you should hear them out and show them that their ideas are valuable. If, if you can do that, they won't feel like they're just a cog in the wheel punching in and punching out. My fifth takeaway is that money is not the number one priority for your employees. I think we've heard, we've been discussing this with some other guests on the show. I've been having this conversation with a lot of folks. We just talked about it at our Create event in Denver. But the more employers listen to their employees, the more they're hearing it's not about a higher wage. They want other things. Uh, primarily, Jill said, they want flexibility. They want the flexibility to uh, be able to put together their own schedule, work around their lifestyle, and make sure that it, it, it fits into their lifestyle. But importantly to this conversation that Jill and I had, employees want to feel like they belong. They will actually take less money if they can work in a place where they feel like they belong, said uh, is what Jill said. Um, Jill also mentioned that studies show that relationships among coworkers, just building friendships um, with your coworkers, that can enhance performance by 20%. All of that is to say people want human connection, and that includes at their workplace. Money is great, and yes, you should offer higher wages, but you really need to focus on building a culture where employees feel like they have friendships, relationships, and they feel like they belong. My sixth and final takeaway is that you should mine for gold from within your company before you recruit externally. So as a, a quote from Jill, she talked about that mining for gold. What she's talking about is you should promote from within your existing employees before you start recruiting other people because you know your existing employees and you know the talent that you have. If you hire somebody from outside your company, you don't know everything that you're getting there. But it's important that, you know, in order to be able to pull this off, Jill said, you know, you have to educate your employees, not just train them. If you educate your employees, and as Jill said, if you create leaders at every level of your company, it's going to make it easier for you to identify strong talent and promote them up through the ranks. Uh, again, that's another great way to turn your employees into people who want to make a career out of the restaurant industry, maybe even your company. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week.